Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory starts a life-changing brand new series entitled Be Strong in Grace. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. We're going to start a, a two-week uh, message uh, beginning today. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to take my time, and uh, really I was, it was going to be a one-day message, but I said I'm going to take my time and really flush this out. And so we're going to talk about uh, be strong in grace. Be strong in grace. Let's read 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm going to read verse 1 out of the King James Version. Of course, I want to thank uh, Minister Johnny on last week, uh, ministering on Grace Matters. Thank him for caring and taking care of the pulpit uh, on last week. Were you all blessed by Minister Johnny last week? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Let's read 2 Timothy 2.1. And it reads, notice here Paul writing to Timothy. He says, you therefore, my son... Look at his instructions to him, and he's telling him this for a reason. He says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He said, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And I know we've been talking a lot about faith, but notice he didn't tell him to be strong in the faith. He told him to be strong in the grace because there's something about when you understand grace it gives your faith absolute confidence because you know 100% who you are in him and what he made you and what he's already provided for you. So then faith just responds to that with this posture that I already know that's done for me. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I I'm already blessed. See, you're not trying to get blessed. You are right now blessed. Come on, I need you to catch that. Say, I am blessed. Right now, because if you miss that, you'll be sad and disappointed and upset about something that hasn't happened yet and miss out on all that he's already done for you. And so Paul tells Timothy to be strong in the grace. And we're going to talk about what that looks like as we go through the message. But let me give a little bit more context to this. I want to read verses one through four out of the Passion Translation. Now, it's not in your notes, so you'll need to write it down. You can follow along. This information is right in the Linked Up Church app. It's also in the YouVersion Bible app. But I mean, we're not at the movies this morning. We are in church, right? So I mean, you have to cooperate in the learning process, right? So I encourage you to follow along. That's why I don't put everything in the notes, because it just makes us do this. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, listen to this out of the Passion Translation. It says here, Timothy, my dear son, he said, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace. Live your life that way, which is your true strength. And that strength is found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. So notice, the more I'm in union with Jesus, the more of the anointing that rests on my life and the more I flow freely in his grace. Do you all see that? Look at verse 2. And all that you have learned from me, confirmed by the integrity of my life, Paul was an integrous man. And I'm telling you the same thing. This is how you determine whether or not you want to join a church, follow leaders, right? You want to see if what they teach you is actually true in their lives. I mean, no, it should not be a disconnect from what they say and what they actually live. 
right? And that's always an indicator that this might not be the best environment. So Paul said here, all that you've learned from me, confirmed by the integrity of my life, then he said, pass on to faithful leaders who are competent to teach the congregation the same revelation. So, so I have a responsibility to develop the leaders that God's given under me. Now, I mean, if I never give them a platform, they never develop. And, and I can say publicly, they are all developing quite nicely. Come on, you all can do better than that. I, I'm talking about as I look across this front row, I can throw any of them up here. And linked up church won't lose nothing. Come on, I can even go grab one over in the youth department's wife that you never heard before, and she'll bless your socks off. I can go over to children's church and get other ministers who will be able to bless your life because a pastor has a responsibility to develop leaders that are under him, and if he never gives them a platform and he says, you're not ready, you're not ready, well, if they're not ready, it's your fault for not developing them. And you can't be so ego-driven that you think you're the only one that the people can receive from. You are deceiving yourself when you think it all starts and ends with you. What I'm telling you is we're better together. So he says here, commit that to faithful leaders who are competent to teach the congregation the same revelation. He says, overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus, the anointed one. How many uh, forms of evil should you overcome? Every single one of them, right? If it's evil, you can overcome it. I should say that differently. If it's evil, you've already overcome it. Watch this. For every soldier called to active duty. See, we thought when we got saved, we joined a party. No, when we got saved, we joined a war. Hello, somebody. We decided to enter into the battlefield. Right? And so he says here, for every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself. Two key words here, active duty, not bench warmer. What kind of duty? Now, let's think about this in the natural. Minister Russell, we have all kind of veterans in this building. Would you want to go to war along somebody who just wanted to sit and do nothing and go along for the ride? No, I don't think you want somebody like that on either side of you. You want somebody that's active in the fight. See, so every soldier, and I'm going somewhere with that, which is why I read a little longer text here. He said, so for every soldier called to active duty, watch this, must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. So now we're starting to understand why Paul told Timothy to be strong in the grace, because there are a lot of distractions out here. How I many know oh, him can be a distraction? I mean, her can be a distraction. I mean, the pandemic could have been a distraction. I mean, I know there are a lot of distractions out there that keep us from our active duty. And usually when we started and we stopped, something distracted us. Let's keep traveling. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Somebody say, welcome back, Pastor. 
Man, I'm so glad you welcomed me back because we're getting ready to get into this, right? Now, this is a term you don't hear ministered a lot in the church, but yet Paul spends a lot of time warning the church about this, and it's called apostasy. Now, apostasy by definition is this. A defection or revolt is the formal disaffiliation from, abandonment of, or renunciation of a religion by a person. So the first part of this definition is talking about people who once believed but no longer believe anymore. We all know a lot of people like that, right? You ever just been out and, and you see someone and you're like, man, what happened to, right? Or you ever just been thinking to yourself, what happened to such and such? Well, I can probably tell you what happened. Some distraction got a hold of them and pulled them completely away from God to the point where they, I don't believe like that anymore. Okay? That's the first part of that. We don't have any like that in this building today because you're here. So why don't you go ahead and give God some, some glory for that, right? Right? But I just want you to be educated and I want you to understand what happens to people. People typically don't just fall off. They got distracted by something and it, and it pulled them off. Second part of this definition really applies to a lot of people in the church. It can also be defined within the broader context of embracing an opinion that is contrary to one's previous religious beliefs. And typically, again, something came in there and distracted them. How come you don't go to church anymore? It don't take all of Right? You'll sit there, and, and they used to feel very strongly about and passionate and have a lot of conviction about the Word of God, but now they want to debate it. Does it really mean that? Well, if God is loved, then he loves everybody, even when they sin, in terms of what he clearly defined as sin. Then you'll start to hear this conversation. How many of y'all have ever been around that before, where you, you just begin to hear that conversation like, like, hold on, wait a minute. Why are we debating something that we're reading as truth? Okay? So I just wanted to show you those are two forms, right? I mean, no, the pandemic can serve a couple of purposes. It can draw you closer to God or it can be a distraction and take you further away from it. Right? To the point where even though I know what he said about certain things, I don't believe it that way anymore. Right? When you see this part, part B of the definition, these could be people who once served, but they no longer serve anymore. These could be people who were once extremely faithful, but, but now, you know, it's real subtle, right? Apostasy is real subtle. It starts off by, I might miss my devotion, right? Then I start missing my devotion, and then all of a sudden, I start missing one Sunday, right? Then I, I miss two Sundays. Then I miss three Sundays, right? Then before you know it, I just kind of get into that state, right? Then I stay home and watch it online one time, right? And I realize how comfortable that is. And come on, and I make my breakfast and my coffee. Yeah, come on, somebody. And I, and I put, get in my lazy boy chair, and I settle into this is the way I go to church now. And I don't think it was ever intended for people who live right here in Powder Springs. Austell. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen right now. 
I think it was intended for people who physically can't get to the building. And for people out of the state. All right, so I just want to make sure that's clear. Now, I got to get through this to get to the good part. Now, let's look at our introduction. The danger of apostasy is very real, as evident from Paul's response or from Paul's second epistle to Timothy. So, when I think about the pandemic, because I understood apostasy, that's why I didn't stop coming to church. I mean, no, I could have stayed home in my uh, uh, office and had the service right from my home like a lot of other people did. But I mean, no, that might have got too good over time. <laughs> And all of a sudden, why do we need buildings? Right? The reason I didn't lay the staff off was because I believed God was good. Amen. Bottom line. And so we decided to keep doing what God called us to do. Within the guidelines, right, we're going to continue to obey God so that we don't fall into this. Now, they didn't know I was actually helping them also keep from because what will happen over time is everybody want to work from home. But, but why, how can you impact people from home? Right. The Bible is life on life. I'm not saying they're not aspects of the ministry that can't work from home. But if you have minister behind your name, how many of you need to be available? Can I just get a real good amen on that one right there? All right, let's keep traveling. So now, letter A under there, those in Asia have forsaken Paul, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. Now, look at your neighbor and tell them, don't ever name your kids Phygelus or Homogenes. Don't you do that. Talking about I named them right out of the Bible. Don't you do that. Don't do it. I know you see it, but don't do it. 2 Timothy 1.15, New King James Version says here, This you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. You all going to laugh about that one the rest of the service, aren't you? Right? And so notice, these are people who once were faithful and on fire, and now they've turned away. What happened to them? Apostasy. Let her be here. Some had strayed from the truth, in particular, two more names, Hymenius and Philetus. Look at your other neighbor and tell him, don't you ever name your children or encourage your children to name your grandchildren, Hymenius and Philetus. Don't you do it. 2 Timothy 2, 16 through 18, New King James Version says this. Now, watch this. Pay attention because this happens to a lot of people in the church. I'm educating you this morning. Pay attention. But shun profane and idle babblings. And the scripture is going to tell us what those are. For they will increase to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like cancer. Hymenius and Philetus are of this sort. Now, now again, being around my pastor, he's just bold in the faith. Notice Paul is calling out the names of the individuals who are spreading the cancer. See, and a lot of times we want to protect people, but sometimes you got to tell them, hey, X, Y, and Z are spreading cancer around here. 
and don't you get caught up in that stuff. He called out their names. All right, let's keep reading here. We're still talking about being strong in the faith. And their message was spread like cancer. Hymenius and Philetus are of this sort. Then it tells you, who have strayed concerning the truth, and usually it's going to have some kind of doctrinal deviation in their message, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they have overthrown the faith of some. Right? And usually it's going to come in the form of God loves everybody. Right? And I'm here to tell you, folks, marriage is still between one man and one woman, regardless of a movement. Let me try this side of the room. I, I'm here to tell you, folks, I, I'm not bending on that because the book doesn't bend on that, right? Marriage is still between one man and one woman. And what will happen is if we're not careful, it will infiltrate here because somebody got distracted and pulled off. And now they're trying to teach everybody else in here it's acceptable. And the pastor is, uh, com he's complicit. He, now, that's not what I'm looking for. He's extreme. He's an extremist. He's out of touch. So anything that takes you away from a foundational doctrinal belief means somebody got distracted. And usually their agenda is to come in and take as many people with them as they possibly can. This is why Paul is telling Timothy to be strong in the grace. Now, I thank God that's not anybody in this room. Or online. Now, I'm not calling any names, but I've seen this type of spirit infiltrate churches and create a huge divide, right? I'm not going to go too far with this, but what they'll do is they'll tell the leader that he taught something different. If it's an insecure leader, he'll run with that without even verifying it. And I'm telling you, the Bible is showing us what creates most church splits. So I curse any church splits ever again here at Linked Up Church. What I'm setting up is when I begin to see it, I'm going to call it out by name. I'm talking about just like this. Johnny Walker has gotten off. I said that because I know he can take it, but it's going to be that clear. I'm, I'm telling you the name. And I'm telling you exactly what they're doing. See, I overlooked it before. I saw it, but I said nothing. And they pulled. Linked up church doesn't start without people like 
Hymenius and Philetus. That's how Linked Up Church started. I'm teaching you the Bible right now. You all glad I came back? I mean, I wish I would have took one more week. You all want a little bit more of this today? Because it gets stronger now. You all want a little bit more of this today? All right, let's look at letter C. The possibility of apostasy explains Paul's admonitions to Timothy. Let's look at 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14. Now, again, he's giving him solid wisdom. He's telling Timothy, hold fast the pattern of sound words, watch this, which you've heard from me. Now, one of the things that gets people off is they start listening to everybody else but their pastor. How many know you're going to get a different spirit when you never sit up under or listen to your pastor? I need a little better amen in that right now. I need a real strong one on that one right there. All right. So hold fast to the patterns of sound words which you've heard from me. See, I was listening to Apostle Mike. Apostle Mike has a boldness and an authority on him. And he just, he don't, let me get back. He just, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you've heard from me. Then he said, in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. And watch this. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. So notice, you have a responsibility that when the Holy Spirit gives you an assignment, you have a responsibility to keep it. See, why aren't you ushering anymore? Why aren't you on the hospitality team anymore? Why don't you serve anymore? Some people in the room, why, why haven't you picked the mantle back up and gotten back to what you know the Holy Spirit committed to your trust and to your care? And I'm telling you what happens. People get distracted. They were all right until the relationship showed up. They were all right until they started running with this group of friends. They were all right until they got around this group of people in the church. And they formed their own little. I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen in here. You have a responsibility to keep what he's committed to your trust. And then there's others. You know he's told you to start serving. You know he's told you to get involved in connect groups. You know he's told you and you haven't gotten up and done it yet. Why not? Because it's real subtle, folks. And it just eats away. Letter D, this is why Paul encourages Timothy in the beginning of the second chapter. Now, let's read 2 Timothy 2, 1 with a little better understanding. He says here, now, therefore, my son. Look at, look at just how he speaks to it, the intimacy. He says, you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So, to avoid apostasy ourselves, we must also be strong in the grace that is in Christ. 
Christ Jesus. Now, let's understand what the word strong means. The word strong in the Greek is this word endunamu, and it means to empower. So, allow, allow yourself to be empowered by the grace. Allow yourself to be enabled to increase in, to strengthen, and then make yourself strong in grace. Grace, by definition, is a Greek word, careers, and it means graciousness especially the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in life. How many of y'all can think back over the course of your life and realize that God's been good to you? Come on, man. I really want you to reflect for a moment. How many of y'all can think back over the course of your life and, and almost like David and say, boy, if it was not for the goodness of God, right? Right? I can look over the course of my life. I've been young and I've been old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging bread. How many of y'all can look back over the course of your life and say, I remember when God healed me back there. Come on. I remember when God provided for me back over there. I remember when I didn't have a job and the door opened up and I got a job over there. I remember when I had more bills on the table than I had money to pay, but somehow God loved me so much and he was so gracious to me that I had enough to pay those bills. Come on, how many of y'all can look back over your life and see God's hand? And it's his hand that got you to this place today. Somebody ought to lift up their hands and give God glory. You didn't get here by yourself. You got here by God's grace. Paul is telling Timothy to be strong in that. Right? You've got to have a posture about you that if he did it before, he'll do it again. Why are you upset? Why are you anxious? Why are you fretting? Same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. Paul is telling Timothy to be strong in that. Acceptable, benefit, favor. How many of y'all can look back over your life and, and know, say, you can say to yourself, I don't know how I got that job, but boy, God's favor was on my life. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been there before where, where it almost like he went past everything else and just got to your application or your, your resume, almost like he slid 40 other resumes out the way and yours just stood up right on the table, right? And you got the situation and nobody else did. You know why? Because God's favor was on your life. How many of y'all can look back over your life and the parking lot was full? Nowhere to park. You circled around one more time and then somebody came right out in the first spot closest to the door. Come on. Anybody remember things like that? Just where his favor was on your life. Paul is telling Timothy to be strong in that. His liberality, his joy, his pleasure. And he's telling him to be thankful. I want you to just lift your hands and think about five things you can be thankful for right now. And just go ahead and thank God and be strong in that. Thank him for your wife. Come on, thank him for your children. Thank him for your relationships. Thank him for your job. Thank him for your income. Thank him for your health. Thank him for your, your right mind. Thank him for peace in your life. Thank him for joy. Come on, don't spectate, participate today. Lift up both hands and just begin to thank God might not be what you want it to be, but it's certainly not what it used to be. And Paul is telling Timothy to be strong in that. So 
Now, let's understand a little further grace and how to be strong in it. Number one, what does the grace that is in Christ do for us? See, reading these again, I was already free, but it just freed me up more. Letter A, it frees us from the guilt of sin. You know what Satan wants to do to you for the rest of your life? Make you feel bad about what you did yesterday and five years ago. Come on, somebody. And 10 years ago. And he wants to tell you that that disqualifies you from being great in the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, he's a liar and the truth is not in him. You are as qualified today for greatness in the kingdom of God as you ever will be. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what he did for you. It frees us from the guilt of sin. Romans 8, 1 says that there is therefore now. When? When? So you've got to live in this constant state right here. That there is therefore now. But I messed up. If you repented from it, there's no condemnation for it. Come on, somebody. There's therefore now no condemnation. That word condemnation means adverse sentence or judgment. Satan will tell you that you are guilty. God will tell you that you're a free man, innocent. To those who are in Christ Jesus, let's not stop there. This word, who do not walk, and that means habitually order your steps according to the flesh. So if you're going to live a lifestyle of sin, how many you know this doesn't apply to you? Somebody ought to say amen to that. All right, let's keep going. But then he says here, but to those who do what? According to the Spirit, who walk or live or order their lives according to the Spirit. Well, what does that look like? Is that walking around all day long like this? Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. How many of y'all know nobody wants to work around somebody that's just at work all day long? Might want to be around that, do they, right? Well, he's just talking about living according to the Word of God. And how many know the Spirit will always empower you to obey the Word of God? Okay, let's keep reading here. So it frees us from the guilt of that. Look at Ephesians 1 7. It says, In Him, this is the New King James Version. Notice all of these are in Him and not in you. Oh, that's a revelation. Somebody ought to look at your neighbor and tell them it's in Him, not in you. Because how many know if we look at ourselves, we're going to condemn ourselves, right? But if I look at who I am in him, then I see him and not me. Come on, somebody. Come on. We just get up every day and just approach life that way, right? So in him, we have redemption. That's the ransom or purchase price through his blood. Watch this. The eradication of sins, the complete forgiveness of it. Watch this. According to the riches of his grace. That means he's already forgiven you, folks, by his blood for every sin you did yesterday, any sin that you'll do today, and any future sins that you might do tomorrow. Oh, man, that was a good place for somebody right there. So what keeps us in bondage is we think he's dealing with us after those, but he doesn't see them. He only sees his blood. Something about that just helps me go forward. 
Because how many of us human beings, we don't get it right all the time. Am I the only one? Anybody else in here? Seeing what Paul is telling, be strong in this. You got to be strong in the fact that God will never condemn you as long as you keep making the effort to walk according to his spirit, which is according to his word. Come on, somebody. God is not looking for perfection. God is looking for consistency. So look at uh, Romans 3.24, New King James Version. Romans 3.24, New King James Version says this, being justified freely by his what? Now, this right here is getting ready to put a, a pep in your step. That word justified means declared righteous. I want to uh, really highlight another word, freely. There was nothing you paid or did to earn that. It was because he loved you so much that he wanted to make you right with him. Now, can I tell you something? How many parents do we have in here? How many know when kids are growing up, they're just, I know we want them to be perfect, but they're just not going to get it right. How many know they have to go through their own process? And it's the real image of us. See, a lot of times we become so frustrated with our kids, but they're just mirroring how frustrated God could have been with us. Because I don't know about you all, it took me a long time to get it together. Oh, this side been saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, jumped out the womb, praying another time. Let me, let me try over here. I mean, I don't know about you, but God had to be long-suffering with me. Right? But watch this. It never changed the, changes the fact that there are children. And no matter how much wrong they do, they're going to always be right with us. Come on, I need somebody to get this, right? I can remember the police bringing me home. I'm out stealing. Get caught. Police bring me home, handcuffs on, right? Bring me up to the door, ring the doorbell. Is this your son? My mother said, yeah, that's my son. Boy, that boy's going to be some kind of great leader one of these days. Right in front of the police officers. And I got handcuffs on. Come on, somebody. Because to my mother, even though the police caught me and I was busted, I did it, I was wrong. To my mother, I was still going to end up being right. My mother wasn't going to give up on me. Come on, somebody. She was going to keep working with me until I got that right. Right? And if a natural parent has enough common sense to do that, you don't think your heavenly father is not going to keep working with you, keep loving you, keep blessing you, keep giving you another chance until you get it right. Come on. Somebody ought to bless God for that. Somebody ought to thank God for that. So we've been declared righteous freely by his grace. Paul is telling Timothy, be strong in that. Never let anybody take my righteousness away or his righteousness away from you. I mean, people always want to highlight what you did wrong. You remember when? No, I don't. I moved on from that. I know people always want to take you back there, don't they? Right? You can get around people and all they can remember, you haven't seen them in 10 years. 
and they remember what you did 10 years ago, right? I don't fool with them. I, I ain't fooling with them. They, they stole my bike when we were kids. Whatever, whatever it is, right? And here we are grown people today. Don't let people do that. Say, say to yourself, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus right now. Oh, you ought to feel that in your shana right there. You are right now. And I want you to understand, you can go read your Bible for four hours a day and you won't be more righteous after reading it for four hours than you are right now. You can go fast for the next 31 days and you'll not be more righteous at the end of that 31 days than you are right now. Come on, somebody. You can give every penny in your pocket in the offering today and you will not be more righteous after that than you are right now. Somebody thank God for that. Now, I'm going to close right here with letter B. We have victory over the power of sin. And then I'm going to open up this altar. I'm going to open up the altar at home. I'm going to ask the music department, Minister Bernard, to start sensing a direction where a song is concerned. And I'm going to open up this altar because how many of you know you can sense when you're starting to... And God created altars for people to be able to come and die. Not physically die, but die to themselves and become alive to God. Let's read this one right here. We'll close with this one for today. We have victory over the power of sin. John 8, 31 through 36 says in the New King James Version, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed, or believing Jews, Messianic Jews, as some call them, he said, if you abide in my word, if you settle down in and take up residence in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, Ganasco, there become intimately acquainted with the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, the freedom that he's talking about is freedom from sin. So I want to take it a step further, right? Even though he's freed you from it, if you don't get the truth about it, you'll still, you won't correct it. Right? Let me explain a little further. That that means I get saved. I know fornication is wrong. I mean, even though he made me righteous in the moment, I've got to go get the truth of the word of God on that. And then it's the truth of the word of God that I know that's going to free me from that. So it doesn't exempt us from the responsibility of getting to know him through his word. Everybody clear on that? See, a lot of times we thought stuff was just automatic. How many of y'all realize it wasn't automatic? Let me try this side. Nobody wants to be honest. How many of y'all came down to the altar and you said, man, my life getting ready to go up from here. Boy, I'm, I'm on fire for God. I ain't never going back here again, never doing that again until next weekend. Come come on, anybody in here willing to be honest? Come on, raise your hand. Don't lie to me. Well, believe it or not, you actually wanted to be right. You had no revelation. You had no truth on the subject in order to get free from it. See, I used to cuss like a sailor. Any any, uh, former cussers in here? Man, look at the balcony. Look here. I said any former cussers in here. Thank you. Thank you. All them hands went up that time. Thank you. Now, now how many of you know when you get saved, you can want to all you, you can want to, 
until somebody do something wrong, and then you realize, boy, I ain't free from that yet. Come on, anybody ever been there? Come on, I'm telling the truth. Come on, stop sitting out there like you holier than now. You going along about your day and somebody did something stupid. Mother of mother mother Whoa, whoa, my bad. Whoa. Didn't know that was still in there. Thought I had been delivered from that. How many of the people closest to you can make you just do some stuff, boy? Oh, come on, somebody. I'm talking about the people closest to you can make you do some stuff, boy, that you will say, man, I thought I was delivered from that. And they pulled that right out of you, boy. Pulled it right out of you. Am I the only one? You know what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> so, so watch this. Then they answered him, religion, folks. This is religion. Then they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Well, that's a lie. Now study the history of the Bible. They were in bondage to Pharaoh. They were in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. They were in bondage to Herod. But how many of you know a lot of times when you're so righteous in yourself, you'll deny when you're wrong? Somebody asks you, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Everything good. Struggling. Anything I can help you with? No. God is good. The Lord is on my side. What can man do unto me? Come on, somebody. Can't pay the bills, getting ready to get evicted. That's what religion will make you do. I'm proving to you. Then Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, I say to you. Now, look what he went right, right at the issue. He went right to the issue. I say to you, whoever habitually commits sin is a slave of sin. He went right to the issue. Right? And a slave does not. Now, I'm getting ready to answer the question of once saved, always saved. Because that's what people think. They think I can get saved, live however I want to live, and I'm still going to go to heaven. No. And I'm going to show it to you right here. I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to show it to you right here in the Bible. Jesus didn't play around with people. Look what he said here. And the slave does not abide in the family forever. That's what the word house means. The slave to sin does not abide in the house forever. Forever is eternity. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now you see the context. Let's lift our hands to the Father and thank him for freedom today. Just begin to play something right there. Emmanuel, come on out. Now, what I want to do is open up this altar for anybody that has seen themselves just kind of heading in the wrong direction. And that could really represent a lot of different things, right? It could be I, I used to serve. I want to open up the altar in your homes as well. I'm not just opening up the altar here in the front. I want to open up the altar in your home. I want you to get out of your chair, get out of your bed, 
and just kneel down before the Father if this applies to you. And so this applies to you. I want you to come down here to the front. Everybody else, just stand up to your feet. We don't need to look at anybody, right? But if you used to serve and stop serving, you see yourself slipping and sliding towards some things that you know are not helpful or needful for you, I just want you to come down right now. Just kneel before the Father if you're led to or just lift your hands uh, before him. And I'm telling you, there are more than two people in this room. Don't be like those religious Jews who wanted to act like nothing was wrong. And Satan went, I mean, and Jesus went straight to the issue. And we're going to sing a little bit, and I'm going to leave this altar open. And just between you and God, just begin to repent from that. Begin to realign yourself and say, I'm getting ready to get back to serving. I'm getting ready to get back on fire for God. I'm getting ready to get away from these things that have been pulling me off. Whatever it is, it's between you and God. Go ahead, Minister Brown. The altar is open. I know there's more than five people. The altar is open. should say it one more time. Say, I surrender all to everything I give to you and all of you withholding withholding nothing withholding nothing Withholding nothing, get a little bit stronger, E. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing. So we lift our hands today and say, King Jesus, my Savior,
that really wants to surrender in this place, scream, set me on fire. I don't want to be the way I was yesterday. Set me on fire. I give you everything. I give you everything. Set me on fire. Let me be a light on the hill for you, Lord. Set me on fire. Burn me away, Lord. Burn me away. Set me on fire. I give you everything. I give you everything. Set me on fire. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want you all to stay up here for a moment. I want everyone to lift up your hands towards heaven. And I just want to speak to some more people in the room, right? God loves you, and we love you too. See, so often now, church has become so compliant that they won't even mention sin in the worship center. And therefore, believers lose their conviction, and they can walk in and walk out same way without any change. And I'm telling you, it's real subtle. It'll start with a new car, and then all of a sudden, you fall in love with that, and Starts with a, a house, right? Then you fall in love with that and then starts with a relationship, right? Then we, we fall asleep on the couch. And then all of a sudden we're spending the night over each other. And all of a sudden it, it just keeps going and it never stops. And you've got to be able to see where you are and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and the love by which he's loving you with right now and say, I got to get better. So I'm speaking to somebody in here. You just, you're not like you used to be. You used to love serving. You wouldn't miss it. You let yourself get caught up. I'm just, because I'm committed to ending this service on time, there are a lot of different directions we can go in. But Father, I want to pray for these who publicly obeyed you today, Father that you would supernaturally strengthen them in their inner man, Father, that they may come to know what is the hope of their calling and what the riches of the glory of their inheritance in the saints, Father. May they be a supernatural reward for their public obedience today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody go ahead and rejoice with them right now. Rejoice with them. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. 
Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.